Welcome back to the Dungeon of Doom. I am Kyle Mikey, Lions beat writer for MLive. Joined as always by Big Ben Raven. We, Ben, are high above Lambeau Field right now after a convincing <laughs> 34 to 20 win for the Lions. And I think, you know, just like, like I wrote in my uh, in this observations for MLive, I mean, I, I think at this point, I think it's fair to say the Lions are not only the favorite in the North, but like who's going to beat these guys? The Bears are 0-3. The Vikings are 0-3. Those guys are dead, basically. Like, Green Bay is the one team that can challenge Detroit in the North, and the Lions came in here, sprinted to a 27 lead, and didn't look back. Yeah, I mean, my God, what a first half, man. I think the Packers had 21 yards, three first downs. Two of those came via penalty. Finished the game with 15 first downs. Four of those come via penalty. I mean, it was just... The pass rush was alive. Green Bay's rushing attack was absolutely nothing, and I mean, they had... Jordan loves seeing ghosts for the first 40 minutes of that game. <laughs> I think the Lions had something like 206 yards at one point when the Packers had one yard. <laughs> the Lions had the first 10 first downs of the game. Pat the Packers had zero. Um, you know, it wasn't just the offense, it was the defense doing its thing too. There was like five, I think, early sacks from those guys led by Aiden Hutchinson. Uh Jerry Jacobs had two picks. But to watch the offensive mastery of this team and to watch them open up this lead with the passing game, to put it away with the running game, that 200 yards by air and by land. I don't know when the last time that happened, Ben, but to see this team win games in so many different ways already early in the season, I think it bodes very well for this team's title chances. Yeah, and their offseason acquisitions are looking pretty good too. David Montgomery, fresh off a thigh bruise, man. I mean, not the most efficient first half, but my God, he just kept getting stronger as the game went on and went on. What was it? 32 carries, 121 yards, first Lions running back in team history to score three touchdowns at Lambeau Field. And this team has had some pretty good running backs. You know, Billy Sims, Barry Sanders. That's pretty freaking impressive. This was a this was an old school, grinded out second half, going to beat you with our beefy running back type of game. And they did it. With David Montgomery coming back from a thigh injury. They did it with Taylor Decker playing yeah. on one leg, essentially. I mean, I think he was healthier than that, but the ankle was bothering him. Came back <laughs> in this game anyway. Anyway, Taylor Decker is one of my, my favorite stories on this team because he's the longest tenured player. Came in here in 2016. He has seen the depths that so many Lions fans, that all Lions fans have seen over the years. This is a team that breaks your heart. Uh, year in and year out and um you know we anyone around this team could really feel a tide turning last year with those eight wins in 10 games to finish the season of course the last one was right here in this building Ben this field they were looking down on right now and what a night that was and I remember thinking in the moment that I don't ever remember a night like this at Lambeau and here we are in week four and there's another night like this at Lambeau it didn't have the pageantry necessarily because it wasn't the end of the year um, but they have once again asserted themselves uh, in this division, in this rivalry. I mean, you think of the Lions being the, the kid brother in the division, but they've won four straight yeah. games against the Packers, matching their longest streak in this series. And I looked it up, Ben, 1949 wow. to 55. Uh, you know, they've won four straight a couple of times along the way. But we, I mean, I, I covered their first win here at Lambeau in like whatever it was, yeah. 21, 22 years. It was like a record losing streak. And now they have the Packers number and this game wasn't particularly close. And it was really interesting to bring it back to Taylor Decker to, to, to see the left tackle back out there. He really wanted to play in this game. He's he seen the depths that the fans have seen and, and he wants to be a part now of the, of the, of the, the uprising, right? Well, I think we want to, 
take on the identity of the city that we play in. Um, and for me, like I've, I feel like I've become an, an actual adult in Detroit, so it's, it's special to me. And I don't know, for me, I feel like it's a place where like they've, they've brought me here. So they're like, we, we want you. Like we're investing in you. And, and I don't take that responsibility lightly. Um, so for like the fan base, I mean, that might be their escape for the week. You know, they might be, they might be grinding every single day just to, just to make it by. Um, so just to be able to bring that joy to, to other people. I mean, that's, that's a bigger, that's bigger than football. I mean, he's out there battling on, on a, on a one and a half angles, let's call it. Um, and it was just a huge day for him. It was a huge day for the offense, for everyone. And, and I mean, there was the, Greatest first half I've ever seen from the Lions. 27 to yeah. 3 in the first half. This was my first time live and in living color at Lambeau Field. So it was like going into halftime 27-3. It's almost like a pinch yourself moment. Like, what is this? Like, what is happening here? But uh I gotta be honest, the thing that really just impressed me the most was opening the game with such an ugly interception and set feeling that twist in your stomach, like, oh, here they go again. Uh-oh. Bam. I think the Packers go like one yard forced to kick a field goal, and the offense goes straight down their freaking throat and scores that touchdown, scores another touchdown. After that interception that led to an early field goal in the short field, 27 unanswered points. That is just – what I mean, this is that, – that's so impressive to do that on the road. And four weeks into this season, the Lions have won under the lights at Arrowhead, under the lights at Green Bay as the standalone game, and I mean – this is America's new team right now, man. <laughs> well, it's crazy to see the love and the outpouring for this team that I've covered since 2013. It's usually an afterthought. Yeah. And to now see the fanfare, to see people falling in love with this team, falling in love with Dan Campbell, mm-hmm. believing again in Jared Goff. I mean, these things I just never thought <laughs> I, I would see. And here we are. And watching them do it in Kansas City, watching them do it in Green Bay, um, before the entire nation. Yeah, they're, they're turning a lot of people into believers. And again, like I wrote my story, Ben, I like who's going to challenge them? Like yeah. this, th- th- they entered the season as the favorites in the North. And now we're one month into the season and no one look it, like it might not be close. Yeah. And listen, the NFL is tough. We saw it a couple weeks ago against Seattle. Like You're going to lose some games along the way, but the bears are dead. Yes. Minnesota is teetering on death. Yeah. And Green Bay is the one team that could challenge Detroit. And Detroit looked, they've looked like the better franchise for the better part of a year now, year plus. Uh, And they came in here to Green Bay on Green Bay's turf, took over the stand. We saw tens of thousands of fans here, just like we saw at Arrowhead. And you see Amon Ra flipping the bird to fans (laughs) as he's going off the field. Last year it was waving goodbye. I mean, this team has some swagger and they back it up, man. They back it up with offense, defense. It was really good complimentary football. And even when they got in trouble, Ben, in the third quarter a little bit, became a two-score game, like like 10 points at one point. Lines were a little sloppy. I think maybe they took their, their foot off the gas just a little bit. What I really liked, man, fourth quarter, 14 play drive yeah. two up i'm looking at it right now 852 of the clock i mean you can't come back from a deficit like that if you're green bay if detroit's holding the ball for nine minutes of the fourth quarter and a lot of that of course was david montgomery who i think was the the biggest hero of the night 
Yeah, and another un, unsung hero for the Lions once again was Packers linebacker Quay Walker. I mean, last year he makes contact with the official. This year he leaps over the head of Scott Daly. I heard Scott Daly talking to one of the Lions PR staff saying, I don't even feel him. But, uh... <laughs> well, but speak, speaking of Quay Walker, did you notice who Montgomery bowled over on his, oh uh, on his fourth down touchdown run, the last one in the game to kind of salt this thing away? Yeah. Quay Walker. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. And that was just, you know, that's what I love about Dan Campbell. You know, there's, it's at the one, one and a half yard line. There's, there's still a lot of coaches that would have kicked that field goal. And I was even surprised that they kicked the field goal when they got the penalty and got another chance on it. But just to go in there up 10, if you don't get that, you're in trouble. Trust your guys. Three touchdowns for Montgomery punches it in. I mean, I was really impressed with the offense today. I'm on Ross St. Brown. My God, what a post and pivot he had. I loved the, <laughs> like that reference. <laughs> yeah. And I, I loved the design run for Khalif Raymond and just, just, I just, the, the style of football that they played in the second half here, it's not the prettiest, but just, this is such a physical, tough, resilient team. And it just kind of arrow keeps pointing up because the stuff that they were lacking two weeks ago continues to shine the secondary was better the pass rush was better the interior defensive line play is eons above where it was a couple of weeks ago and that's just so important moving forward on the uh same brown touchdown I, I caught up with him in the locker room after the game and um, i thought it was very interesting that he that they said that basically they didn't practice that play this week <laughs> because they knew on film and i don't i don't have the the db uh, in front of me i'm not sure who he burned but uh, they saw on film that they, they knew that guy was going to bite on the double yeah. move. And they didn't even practice it this week, but they dialed it up and thought it was going to be a touchdown play. And you know what it was? It was a touchdown yeah. play. <laughs> and St. Brown goes into the Lambo leap. because, like, like I said, there's like a bunch of Lions fans yeah. here. He finds some in the front row, jumps into him, does the Lambo leap. Like that, that guy loves to taunt, man. Like I said, he was waving goodbye to the crowd last year. After this game, he's flipping him off. And after his touchdown, he leapt into the crowd and then gets a beer poured on him. I did. You know what? I'm going to be honest. I felt some, something wet. I'm like, what is this? I came this, I came in the locker room after. And my, my girlfriend told me, sent me a video of them pouring beer on me. So I just saw it. But I did feel something wet. I'm like, I wonder what this is. <laughs> like in a weird way. I was a little tipsy as I got as I came down. So. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you get when you lose your Lambo yeah. League virginity. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, this was your first Lambo experience. Mm -hmm. What was that like? Man, I feel like it's different than most of the experiences Lions trips have brought, but it's just uh, driving into this town from Appleton. You're like, that felt like I was back at CMU, like I, I, Colton Pouncey. I was like, I feel like I'm going to cover CMU at Northern Illinois right now. Like, where <laughs> are we? And, and then you pull up and you see the stadium and you're parking on a, a grass parking lot. And there's just, I mean, this is a special place. And just to be here under the lights like this and just... Man, just such a cool, cool atmosphere. That locker room, man. I swear to God, I was too big for that locker room downstairs, too. <laughs> Talking to Aiden Hutchinson, he smacked my phone out of my hands three times in a row and finally turned to me and was like, man, you need to back up. <laughs> just yeah. uh, 
No, it's just uh, it, this is just like a football mecca. Like it, it really is like a special place, and to be sitting here above the fifty yard line in the home coach's booth is like kind of surreal to me. So pretty, pretty thankful to be covering a super relevant team now to be able to come on these trips. Well, it's one of the great cathedrals we have in this game mm-hmm. and in professional sports in America. It's a it's a special place, and you did a great job explaining it. You know, I mean, just the history they have here. The the feel you have when you come into Green Bay. I mean, there's no place like it. Like, no. like it's the Buffalo is the closest thing, but even like Green Bay is way smaller. It's I'm not sure how many people live here, but it's a small ass town, and you've got houses one block away. So cool from this place, and like you said, you you park on a grass parking lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but you mentioned the locker room, and that's actually it's interesting to me that you mentioned that because I'm my very very long walk back up to the press box. Oh my god! I think it's, god, I think it's the, yeah. <laughs> I think it's the longest walk from press box to locker room in the NFL. I literally ran it because I was running late with my story and I had to get to to the interviews, but. On the way back up, Ben, I was thinking about how many times I've been in that mm. locker room, and it's cramped. It's it's got to be one of the smallest in the NFL. Now, Soldier Field might be right there too, but um, yeah. it, it's cramped. And to think about the 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 things I've seen in that locker room, the sad faces, I've seen tears, I've seen Trey Flowers in his pads forty minutes after the final whistle, sitting in a chair answering questions. The best that he can, but mostly just shaking his head about phantom hands to the face penalties uh, that cost Detroit a game that it never trailed until yeah. zeros were on the clock. Um, <laughs> and to, I remember, I remember the week after that. I mean, it just felt like a gut punch, and the Lions were actually fairly relevant at the time of that game, and they just fell off the yeah. face of the earth afterward. And you know, just all the gut punches they've taken in this house for for decades, for generations, generations. And, you know, I mean, going, going so far back and I covered the game when they finally broke that Lambeau losing streak in 2015. Um, and it's just been kind of trending up really. I mean, since, since Dan Campbell took over and now it's four straight wins and to feel not just victory in the locker room, but a swagger. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they think they belong and, um, they feel like the words they use is that they, they feel like they're built for this. They're built on adversity and they went through a lot of it and they learned how to win together. And now, now they're winning and they're winning on the biggest stages and they really seem to play some of their best football on the biggest stage. And I guess Ben, as they make this like next step from like the hunter to the hunted, yeah. you know, it's a totally different thing that they're not, they're not used to. And I've always been kind of curious to see how they would handle like the burden of expectation, but I guess seeing what they can do on the national stage repeatedly, the kind of complete games they can put together, no matter who's hurt, no matter what's not working that day, they go out there and win uh, and they play like they did tonight convincingly. It just makes me think this team is a real contender this year, not only in the NFC North, but like I'm, Knocking on wood here, the, the <laughs> NFC. I mean, I yeah. think that they are. I think they're a real contender. I do too. I'm I'm fully on board with that. There. I mean, they are the clear cream of the crop in the NFC North after this game because, like you said, the Chicago Bears are basically relegated to Big Ten right now, and the Minnesota Vikings are fighting for their lives. I mean, to come in Lambeau, this is probably on paper the toughest task in the division this season and to win the way they won to just completely have the Packers and their offense in a blender. I mean, we talked about in uh, two weeks in a row, I've written stories about the tough task ahead, a slippery quarterback and an unrelenting rushing attack. And 
Last week, the Falcons have 44 net rushing yards, and this week the Packers have 27 net rushing yards in a night that they welcome back Aaron Jones, have a healthy A.J. Dillon. I mean, the only – that's unbelievable. that They're they're playing well against the pass. They're playing well against the run. They're they're getting a pass rush. They're, it's that it's that cliche, that complementary football. It really is. It's every freaking phase. I mean, special teams – Dave Fipp continues to challenge kick returners to take it out of the end zone, and they do. And it puts their defense in a great posi- position when they're starting at the 20 and 17-yard lane every single time. And just to, just to punch back and to immediately respond in the face of that ugly interception in a short field to keep them out of the end zone and come right back down, that's just that's just the mark of a freaking winning team. And it's the mark of a contender to do it at a place like this under the lights with the nation and the world watching. The 27 rushing yards they allowed tonight is the fewest they've allowed in Green Bay since 1972. I could go through these stats. Like, oh, ben, we, they sent us a fact sheet. It's incredible. First time since fill in the blank. But um, they've now allowed fewer than 45 rushing yards in back-to-back games for the first time since 2014, wow. which wasn't that long ago. But like that was a historically good rush defense. At mm-hmm. the time, they were top 10 historically um, against the run. And now they're starting to match some of those numbers. I think the rush defense has been pretty good. Even against Kansas City, it was pretty good. Um, the pass defense, and particularly the pass rush, was the trouble spot. And, of course, they broke through last week, Ben. Seven, I mean, by last week, I mean Sunday, like yeah, four days ago. Oh, my God. With seven <laughs> sacks, uh, obviously, Aiden Hutchinson leading the way with, with two late sacks in that game. And then, boom, man, right out of the gate today. Um, early sack for Aiden Hutchinson. Had another half sack later in the game. They finished with... Uh, I think five sacks of yeah. Jordan Love, maybe six. So that's 12 sacks in, in the last three games. So they're coming alive, man. Yeah. And it's like we talked about. We talked about the pass rush on this this podcast. We talked about the importance of winning one-on-ones. And I, don't, I wish I had the numbers. I mean, they don't have these things live. We'll see them tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But the, the just watching these guys beat their men one-on-one, the interior second Isaiah Bugs yeah. was – just that he simply beat his man one on one, and at one point Jordan Love saw a three hundred thirty five pounder coming after him and just kind of crumpled to the ground. Yeah. I mean the, the the sack from Aiden Hutchinson, um, he just crashed the pocket. It's kind of a delayed rush too. He was kind of swinging back on a game there and came back on the inside and just bull rushed his man like five yeah. six yards back sack, and he almost got Jordan Love a second time in the oh, end zone down yeah. to our right. <laughs> <laughs> um and I saw like Jordan Love, I don't even notice this, but he threw it with his left hand. Out of the end zone. I, so I mean, yeah, Hutchinson was robbed there. Could have had a, a safety at that point. That would have been because I think the game was still 27-3 yeah. at that point. But um to see the pass rush come alive again as we look kind of look forward, mm-hmm. look big picture here. Um, you know, you know, they're gonna do certain things well, but to see them turn some of their weaknesses into, you know. Something like a strength, I guess, uh, like we've seen the last couple of weeks, something they've really leaned on is the pass rush makes this team more formidable. They can win games different ways. They can take control of games different ways. They they took control of this game with the passing game. We, hell, we even saw Jared Goff rush for 10 yards to set up or for 11 yards to set up um, yeah, that's right. a David Montgomery touchdown. But then when they needed to put away the game, you got David Montgomery and, and, uh, and Gibbs both going um, right down the gut against Green Bay and just draining nine minutes of the clock on a single drive. I mean, that that is a good team, Ben. That's yeah. a good team, and that's what we have here. Yeah, I mean, two weeks ago, what was it? One, two quarterback hits on Geno Smith? 11 quarterback hits tonight. And just the one thing, Aiden Hutchinson remains who he's been since he's got here. He just keeps getting better. 
I love the work he's doing from the interior reps, but the big thing on that defense, Charles Harris has woken up two games in a row. Lynn McNeil has woken up two weeks in a row. And John Kaminsky, three three quarterback hits tonight, had a sack of his own, a tackle for a loss. I mean, when you're getting production like that across the board, to get a guy like Isaiah Bugs back, a healthy scratch the first two weeks. And, I mean, you just – that celebration. I don't even know what that <laughs> celebration was from him, but it was just like pure joy leaving his body after such a weird start to this campaign. And, I mean, just getting those contributions across the board, I've just been – that that's the key difference right there. And just the offense on that same note, Josh Reynolds bouncing back this week again, too, after a, a shutout box score. It's just like contributions across the board, guys stepping up when they need them to step up and be better. They have the long break now, Ben, to <laughs> next week when they'll face the Carolina Panthers, another manageable game, but a road game. Yeah. But they have the long break and they'll need it. Decker will need it, a bunch of these guys. And we haven't even talked about Brian Branch, who had another great game, but did injure his ankle. In the second half, he was carted off, which, you know, saw a lot of people, you know, fears through the Lions fan base with how good he's been. He did try to come back in the fourth, went down again. He told me after the game that um, x-rays were negative, which is a good sign. Um, We'll see on his health. They're going to take it, you know, cautiously with him. But the fact that he was able to come back out there in the fourth, it was structurally sound enough for him to go back out there in the fourth, that the x-rays are negative. That he walked out of the stadium without a walking boot. Yeah. I, I think all the arrows point to it not being a long-term thing, and having the, the extended rest going into Carolina will obviously help his chances of being back in the field going going into uh, Week Five, where the Lions will be three and one, <laughs> trying to stretch out that lead in the division, which now looks like theirs to to win. Absolutely, it's still a, a crazy thing. <laughs> it is, man. It really is. Just to not only be contenders in the division, but clear-cut favorites, and just yeah, I asked Taylor Decker. Is this the happiest you've ever been to have a nine-day break between games? And he just was like, yeah, I'm sure my wife is tired of giving me lymphatic ankle massages before I go to bed. So just, uh, yeah, definitely good news to see Brian Branch at least go out there in the fourth quarter while they're leading by 17. So that obviously induces some optimism there, but you never know how those things go when you fly back home. And like it happened with Decker, his ankle blew up. So I'm sure we'll figure that out from Dan tomorrow afternoon. A lymphatic ankle massage sounds pretty this sounds good right, right now <laughs> yeah. in the middle of the night in the middle of wisconsin where the, where the hell are what time is it yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh good stuff ben another big win from the lions tonight they're three and one heading into carolina next week uh got the long break over the weekend but the pod will be back with a mailbag on tuesday yeah and we'll be in carolina thereafter amen This has been Ben Raven and Kyle Mikey of MLive's Detroit Lions Beat. Thank you for listening to the Dungeon of Doom, an MLive Detroit Lions podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast, Apple, Spotify, Google. Like I said, wherever you get them and listen to them, make sure to subscribe to the Dungeon of Doom. Thanks again.